You're listening to the EMS Wise Guys Podcast. Yeah, stand by for the EMS Wise Guys. Red 11, standing by. Red 5, standing by. Good afternoon and welcome to the EMS Wise Guys Podcasts being brought to you from the Speakeasy Studios in Amherst, New York. This is Sean P. Halsman and with me is my partner and buddy, looking very tactical today, J.D. John DiVirgilio. What's up, brother? It's my new uh, nine-line ambulance t-shirt I, I for like EMS it. week. I like it. It's uh, it, it does look very tech. It. it I feel cool. Yeah, it's tactical. I don't know. I like supporting uh, veterans organizations, so I yes. bought from Nine Line and Grunt Style the last couple of weeks. Well, and you uh, you are a subscriber to Black Rifle Coffee, which is also not great. a sponsor yet. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if somebody from Black Rifle happens to catch this, uh, I'd well, like it. Ten bucks. Ten bucks will uh, will or or free coffee. Yeah. And then we'll we'll put you on every episode. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we already have unofficial sponsors of Salem's Hot Dogs. Yep. I had my Salem's uh, last weekend. I, it was I did. I was going to post that too. Oh. You posted yours, and I was like, ah, I can't post because we were literally eating hot dogs. Yeah. No, I should have done that. <laughs> we That's decided on chili cheese dogs that day. If you're if you're if you're looking for good dogs, and you're in the well, how far do they go? They're Western New York mostly, right? Mostly, but they, I know they ship uh, down to Florida. You know, you can get them at what are those stores called in Florida? I can't think of the name of it, but Food Lion or no, it's a one of their chains, like Tops okay. up here, yeah, um, or Wegmans. They they sell them down there. So, well, if you're looking for good good hot dogs, Salins, man. Funny story about hot dogs. And just this trying is, to keep this light for right now because we're going to get pretty this serious. Is a family friendly story about yes. a hot dog. So you know what's really good? How to cook hot dogs? What? And this is probably a Niagara County thing. Okay, put them in chowder. Really? We're, we're selling chowder this weekend, and we literally bought a five-pound bag of hot dogs just to throw them in the chowder and Boston eat them all. Boston chowder or New England chowder? No, like Niagara County chowder. Well, yeah, is it the red or the white? The red. Okay, all right. That makes more sense. This sounds like East Ventura. What's the password? <laughs> New England clam chowder. Is that the red or the white? Oh, I can never remember that one. White? Yes. All right, anyways. Uh, all right. So, Sean, we've been off for a week. We've had some... Uh, Stuff happening. Um, some crazy stuff happening. Crazy world right now we're living in. And, uh, you know, uh, we've uh, kind of had to put this stuff on the back burner here just to deal with some some of the world going on. You know, right now uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic and everybody was cooped up so much that uh, something happened. And um, George Floyd was unfortunately killed during an arrest for a forged $20 bill and you know, there there was uh, some peaceful protests that started and devolved into riots, which has now affected everyone in the emergency service world from police, fire, and EMS. And, you know, we went from all these people are heroes and workers to now, you know, there's ambulances getting windows smashed, fire trucks that are being blocked going to calls, ambulances that are being blocked going to calls. And it's been kind of crazy couple of weeks and you and I have taken some time to absorb some information and we wanted to, you know, have a podcast about this. Yeah. And uh, we're going to try to tie it back into resiliency a little bit because that's kind of been the theme for us through the COVID was, you know, how to be resilient. Um, and I guess when you're dealing with riots and looting and people throwing rocks and things at you, then you have to learn to be both resilient immediately and resilient afterwards, too, uh, mm-hmm. with that there. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to rope it all in there. And 
I will preface my statements for this is that I, I've done a lot of thinking over the last week or two about my positions. And, uh, you know, I, I do spend an inordinate amount of time on social media and I've seen good things said, smart things said, stupid things said. And there's a bee in our studio. There is. Well, okay, let's, let's be – it's not a bee. It's actually oh. a, a yellow jacket, which is a type of hornet. All right, apiary. Yeah. So all right, he's well, probably not going to bother you. He's just going to sit up there and all right, cool. try to get up. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. So so how how's this all goes down? I'm sure everyone's familiar with the timeline now. But so to recap, just for everybody who has been living under a rock, uh, Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin um, was proceeding to arrest uh, Mr. George Floyd for uh, passing a phony $20 bill, I believe, yes. was the charge. Um, and, and and we all know what's going on through the arrest. Um, so I, I want to make a quick note on that. I Before my EMS career, I worked in fast food, so we always had to check any bill that was larger than 10. So 20s, 50s, 100s, you had to mark them. And anytime there was a forged bill, you know, you, as the employees at, at their fast food restaurant I worked at, you had to let the manager know, and then you had to delay their food. And essentially what would happen in our town is is the police would show up, grab the $20 bill, start questioning said person, and then whatever happened there from there. So this is, in reality, a normal practice for most businesses that are running. They have these special pens that you mark. Just draw a quick line on it. If you ever get a 20 with a yellow line on it. Yeah, I've seen those. That's what that is, is, is it turns, I believe it turns brown when... Um, or maybe it turns yellow. Well, one of the it turns a different color when you mark it. Okay. If it's if it's not containing the same um, ink that a uh, U.S. minted bill is. Okay. So sorry, I just thought That's that. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Little tidbit in case anyone didn't know that. Okay. Um, I, th- I think I speak for both of us when we say that um, we were appalled by what we saw on that video. Yes. Um, that uh, in in no way, shape, or form was that arrest executed appropriately, and in, in no time should anybody ever be on someone's neck for nine minutes. And uh, when they charged this uh, former police officer now with murder, I absolutely support that charge. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fired nearly immediately following the incident, and uh, that needs to be investigated as, as a as a homicide because that was definitely a homicide. What we saw uh, in and around that. Obviously, we had some protests coming up uh, that started out. And I, I'm i not a black man. Uh, you are not a black man, J.D. Uh, I don't know what it means to be a black man in this country to uh, experience racism. I have friends of mine who, have, uh, who are part of mixed marriages who have black children. And uh, I don't know what it's like to have to speak to your children as they come of age and explain to them that the color of their skin is going to sometimes determine how they're treated by uh, anybody in, in the world, and including sometimes law enforcement. Uh, so with, with that being said, um, watching a, a black person be killed on, on video by a police officer was obviously very distressing to just about everybody and certainly the black community. And, and I, I believe they have every right to protest that. And, and uh, I I think that they've reached a point where they're angry. There's there's a lot of anger, and I, and I, and I don't even think that um, the violence that we see with some of these protests is all that uncalled for. Uh, I do think that the the looting is you know a little out of hand. But. Yeah, I. So again, our opinions are our own. They don't reflect anybody's values or anything else. I. I think that it was 
protests are good. Yes. I think protest is what this country was founded on. Um, I think action towards a government is different than action towards a small business. Yes. Or, or, or corporate business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people like to say that the uh, Boston Tea Party was violent protest. And I don't know if you can actually say violent protest, like if that's an oxymoron or something. I believe only one person was injured. Well, what I'm saying is, is violent and protest in the same sentence of violent action, I guess. Anyways, but they they destroyed tea, obviously, for those of you who don't know what the Boston Tea Party is. They destroyed <laughs> tea that was coming over for England that they couldn't collect taxes on, that was going, all that money was going back to England. It wasn't supporting the colonies. So they thought that they would destroy stuff, um, which is what this country is founded on. And I think protesting is what has driven this country to where it is today in in a good way, not in a bad way. But when you start desecrating people's businesses that are trying to build people in your own community that are trying to build this small business that hasn't been able to function since March – and has been shut down. Now they have to try to come up with this money to repair the damages you did to it. They're trying to protect it. You know, we're, we're right outside Rochester and there was a wife and a husband that were beat for trying to protect their business yeah. with two by fours. There was a, a man in Dallas that was, you know, he was trying to protect his business with a samurai sword as weird as that is, but got beat with a skateboard and got kicked in the head and was le- literally left for dead. I believe he did die. I haven't seen. I've been trying to follow yeah, it. I, I don't know if he I'm actually. Pretty sure he passed away. So you know, if you want to protest against your government, your officials, in a way that is going to change for the better, great. But when you start destroying people's stuff and start attacking innocent bystanders, and, I, and by innocent bystanders, I mean the firefighters and EMTs and even the police officers that are just there to make sure that you are allowed to exercise your First Amendment rights or are there to help you in the, in, with the fire and EMTs. You know, South, Car- was it South Carolina, North Carolina, they blocked an ambulance from getting to a house. Yeah. They blocked a fire truck from getting to a burning house with a baby inside. You know, this is, this, this is way beyond what is appropriate. I 100% believe that you should protest an injustice. 100% believe that. It's our right as an American citizen. It's our First Amendment right. That's what this country was founded on. But to destroy businesses, to destroy people's lives that had nothing to do with this, to attack people, you know, how many officers have been hurt or injured that have nothing to do with this? It's the same thing, you know, and if you follow anything and people are saying, you know, one bad cop doesn't mean there's all bad cops. It's the same thing, Mm -hmm. you know. One African-American, bad African-male doesn't mean they're all bad. No. It, it, it's the same thing because this one guy, and injustice is being served. You know, he's arrested. He's charged with murder. They're actually in, upgrading the murder charge. I think they did yesterday. Yeah. Um, they're charging the other three officers who, by the way, weren't white with murder charges. You couldn't find a more diverse group of police officers. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think there was well, there was a Asian, 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 Hispanic, and a black, okay. and an African American yeah. male. Yeah, the, the anger then gets directed towards the police as an agent of the state, and uh, you know, I think that's where you start to get groups like Antifa getting involved in all this stuff there. And uh, I think you hit it on the head, JD. I mean, the vast majority of the people protesting are, are doing so peacefully, respectfully. They're angry. 
they're scared. They're scared for their families. They're scared for their lives. And you know, I, I, I got to Yeah. I mean, if people were randomly targeting EMS providers, just treating them like crap and beating them up and stuff, I think we'd all be up in arms about that too. So, mm-hmm. and we have been when we talked about, um, you know, the many times we've talked about people under attack and, and the violence against EMS crews outside of the, the context of a, of a riot. So I, I totally support their protests and, um, uh, I, I'm not going to say I ever support violence, but I, I can understand a degree of violence if that violence is mounted against the the source of the anger, I guess. Um, but the source of your anger is not Target, and the source of your anger is not your neighbor's liquor store, and the source of your anger is, is not um, – the convenience bus, store, the yeah, bus, the, the bus terminal anything. where the homeless people charge their cell phones. At. Like you know, I, I, yeah, it's it it's a bad situation in general. So I, I don't want, I don't want to get too overly political on it. But um, the upshot I think for us in in, in this podcast is you're a member of emergency services. You did something stupid. You got caught on video. And look at the problems that you caused. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I, I I'm at, I'm kind of at a loss of words the last couple of days. So just you know, I think it's important. Is, is one of the things we we talk about res, with resiliency is trying to you know recognizing when you know you're kind of going off the rails. And and I will say, it hit a little close to home this past week. Um, I I live about two blocks, three blocks away from a shopping center in our city. And there was credible active threats that were made to this shopping center. And it's, uh, it's like a strip mall. So, um, all those, all those businesses closed early and, um, you know, my, my wife and I were a little worried about that. And to the point where, you know, we, we kind of, you know, she slept with the kids in the bedroom and, and I slept on the couch with the dogs and I have two big pit bulls, and if anyone has ever been around a pit bull or know a pit bull, they're dumb, and they just <laughs> want to lick you, but they look scary. So um, so you know, I, it, it, it was it hit close to home. It was scary. Um, and I, and I struggled with that, and I struggled. And we've talked about this, and I've said this before. I'm kind of absorbed into the political news and all that. And the last 24, 36 hours, I've had to shut all that down. Um, I haven't listened to my normal podcast. I've been trying to focus on the stuff I enjoy. I've turned off the political podcast because it, it's been rough. I, I've had a hard time coping with this, and I'm getting back. I, you know, I did. I, I did some meditation today. I did some meditation last night trying to clear my mind and set my mind straight, you know, in prep for today. And I have to say for, for those of you out there that are worried, you know, you're working in this field and you're, you're, or you're just worried about stuff at home. You you prime thing is take the time to yourself. Um, you, you have to focus on what's important to you in your life. And my family is important to me and I needed to, recognize that and essentially change what I was doing to be feel more comfortable. And, and I feel a hundred percent better today than I have felt in the last week or so, but like, it's a scary time when you're seeing these threats. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the overarching theme for me, similar, I think to you during the, both the COVIDs and, and then, you know, protests and riots and, and uncertainty uh, has, has really been 
take that breath. You know, we talked about silence on the last episode with uh, with Brothers Without Borders, and you know, that's taking that moment and spiritually, whether you talk to God or pray or whether you just walk in the woods or whatever it is that you do, uh, but having that that moment to step back a little bit from the day to day routine, think about what's going on in your life, and just process it. Um, you know, and then you start. It, it, Things fall into place, and I, and, and I, and I'm, I really want to put this out there for anybody who's struggling because things do fall into place. Eventually, as you get quiet and you come within yourself and just take some time, things fall into place. You know, um, mm-hmm. I've been hugging my kids a lot. I love my kids, and I hug my kids all the time. But like the last couple of days, I've been hugging my kids a lot. You know, um, I really have been trying to engage them in conversation more. And, and uh, yesterday, we went out, uh, we hiked out into. Uh, the, Birchfield out in uh, West Seneca there. And we went down there and they have this Buffalo Creek runs through and we took the kids out there uh, with some friends of ours and we just hiked. And then Liam and I went off in our own little direction there and we looked at a bunch of things and looked for bugs and, you know, just that's mm-hmm. what he likes to do. And we just spent time together and, and I hugged him and, you know, it, it, it was good. It was therapeutic. It, it was, that's what I should be doing as a dad. You know, I shouldn't be worrying about work right then. I shouldn't be overly concerned at that point about racist protests and things like that. I should be spending time with my kid. And, and that's, that's helped being able to get away a little bit and just step back has helped. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's um, the, the family important, the family portion is important. Um, shutting, shutting everything out for, for a little bit is really good for building your real resiliency and, and feeling better about things. And that's kind of what I needed. Um, taking steps to change a few more things so that I'm not gonna put myself back into that. But so, yeah, <laughs> but we wanted to, you know, we, we kind of hit on the stuff that was going on with us. Um, and we wanted to focus a little bit more about the stuff we've been seeing. Yeah. yeah. So I know you got a bunch of notes you want to head on today. I got a bunch of notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, as we've gone through this, and, and regardless of your stance on, on, on what's happening right now, and, and you know, we're not going to talk anymore, I think, politically about that, but ultimately, a police officer, again, does something stupid on camera um, and causes a whole bunch of problems. And, and, I, and I think it goes back, J.D., to the discussions that we've had multiple times about professionalism and about uh, your role as, a, as an emergency provider and what you do on scene. And, and I know that EMS is different from police work, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going to equate we have we have our own issues and problems and difficult things to deal with, and I'm not going to equate the, the difficulties that we have as EMS providers with the difficulties that law enforcement has in, in execution of their duties. But I, I, I will say that um, you know, <sighs> law enforcement is more is almost more of a team effort. I think you know, like you, you, it's always better when there's more cops on scene. There's always, it's always better when there's more firefighters on scene. Uh, the last thing you want as a paramedic is more paramedics on scene. <laughs> you know, that's always yeah. kind of differentiated us from the other two is that uh, your paramedic job is kind of an individual role and, and, you, and you have support help from your partners and from fire department stuff. But, you know, you, ultimately the, the medical decisions are being made by you. But when you get police there, you, you got four officers on scene who are, who are part of executing this arrest. Um, you know, at what point as a, any emergency provider, cop, EMT, firefighter, at what point do you see a person on your team doing something wrong and you step in and stop that, mm-hmm. you know, and that, I think that's one of even worse than watching that video and seeing Mr. Floyd be killed by a police officer who was, you know, inappropriately holding him. It's the non-action by his, his teammates 
You know, and, and even if you don't want to make it look like an ununified front, do you, do you walk up behind him and whisper in his ear and be like, dude, you need to get off his neck. He's cuffed. Dude, get off his neck. You know, like maybe you got to mm-hmm. have, you got to talk someone down. And, and I, I, I really hope that if I saw a, a paramedic partner on scene who was abusing a patient or doing something wrong, that I would have the, the wherewithal and integrity to walk up to that guy and pull him aside and be like, dude, let me get you out of this situation. Let me take over for you. You know, obviously you're in a bad place right now. Um, just to cause, just if anything, to, to stop injury to a person, but to, you know, also stop what we have going on. Yeah. No, it, the integrity, you have to have integrity. That's how every person should be living their life. I, I like to think the same thing, Sean. Like I think in, in a certain situation, if, if I was in a similar situation, I would do, the right thing and stop an injustice like that. But at the same time, I don't know if I've ever associated myself to put myself in a situation like that. So I don't know if I actually could say that I could do it, but um, it's just social media has been crazy. This stuff's been crazy. And, you know, there's been, you know, a lot, there's been a lot of uh, officers that have been killed or attacked. Um, while trying to execute the duties of their job, you know, it, it's, I, I yeah. Well, it, 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 this goes to, you know, we've talked about, it all goes back. It's, it's like thematic, man. And we, we just keep coming around you, what you do as an EMS provider and how you perceive by the public it adds to the public image of EMS, not just you. It, it adds to the way the people out there perceive who we are and what we do. And, right. and you know, it, obviously the vast majority of police officers out there are trying to serve the community and do a good job. And we've seen, you know, we, we've seen other police departments across the country, you know, really get on social media and in front of the news and say, this guy was an idiot. I mean, what he did was does not represent us and as an industry, um, my, my favorite so far, and there's been many and, and I, you know, I can't mention them all, but, um, I, I have mad respect for these, uh, leaders in police, uh, law enforcement right now who are stepping up and saying, you know what, what happened was wrong and we're with you. You know, we've seen the uh, police officers taking a knee with some of these protesters and just saying, Hey, look, we're here with you. Uh, my favorite one was, um, the Genesee County Sheriff, uh, Chris Swanson mm-hmm. from, uh, in Flint, Michigan, when they're having the protests there. Uh, and if you have not seen this video, I, I highly recommend, uh, taking a look at it. Just YouTube it. Uh, you, you'll, you'll find it. Uh, Chris Swanson is the guy's name, but basically as this protest is starting off where he's at, he's there with his guys and they're all in riot gear. And, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll quote him from interviews. He says, when I saw the crowd and felt the frustration and the fact that we were only accelerating the issue, it was time to take the helmet off, go to the shot caller, lead organizer, give him a big fat hug and say, what do we need to do? Um, and if you're not familiar with the video, he, he does. He takes all his riot gear off. He puts his weapons down. He actually has his officers <laughs> take their gear off too. And then basically the organizers of the protest said, just walk with us. And he said, okay, let's walk. Let's do this. And they all walked together. And it was like, it was one of the first real peaceful things that had come out of this. And it was, it was heartwarming to see that. And it was, to me, that was leadership. You know, he, yes. he, he said himself, um, he said it was probably the worst tactical decision I could have made, but the benefit far outweighed the risk. And you know, and, and this is a guy who says, "Look, I'm going to be vulnerable with you because you're being vulnerable with us. Let's do this together." Well, and to, but to that point too is those are the those protesters in the situation were ones that were willing to work, right? And I don't I don't want to go into conspiracy theories, but there's enough theories out there that if you look into it, like there there's enough crazy stuff going on. 
I'll just leave it at that. But those are those protesters that were there in Flint, in Flint, Michigan, were there to work with them. They wanted that. Yes. You know, we had that happen in Niagara Falls, New York. Yeah. Those police officers, that community wanted to work together. They want to work together to improve this stuff. And Niagara Falls gets a bad rap. And when I heard that there was going to be a protest there, I was, I'll be honest. I was I'm smack dab in the middle of them. Yeah. I was Niagara Falls and Buffalo. really expecting that this was going to be one, mm-hmm. of the, one of the more violent ones. Um, and, you know, again, props to props to the police there, props to the citizens there, um, you know, everybody involved in that. It, it was peaceful. It, it went off without a hitch. The point got across. Um you know, there's there's definitely injustice in, in our country right now, and it needs to be addressed. And, and I think that's, you know, what these protests are, are really trying to get done. So, you know, awesome job to all these departments. All these police. That's the thing, though, is is when you want to actually improve your community. And, and let's just say the, the protesters that are protesting, they want to see improvement. They're doing the right thing. Then you have the rioters. The rioters are there to cause mayhem, to cause anarchy, to be Antifa. You know, so much so that the well, and I'm tending to believe that somebody's doing this, but I don't know. Have you seen the pile of bricks thing? I did see the pile of bricks thing. Is that is that a thing? Yes, all over the country, pile of bricks, pallets of bricks are just showing up in these big, large cities on street corner. It happened in Buffalo. Really? Nowhere, nowhere near a construction site. One day it's not there, and the next day it is. Why else would like? And then people are being attacked with bricks. Like we're giving ammo. Well, and and so let's segue that into what we were talking about before we started recording was the recent uh you have it written down where wherever it was the the youtube video or the videos of the officers that were stabbing water bottles and oh. emptying water bottles from a makeshift medical station at one of the protests Asheville. yeah Asheville, north carolina this is where that happened <clears throat> so and then when you know people made a big deal about it and asked for answers the answers were is the officers just spent three days getting water bottles thrown at them and watching people get tear gas during that were rioting and going to get to these medical stations and having their their eyes washed out and you know they saw this perceived this medical station as a possible threat because they don't know what's in those water bottles they don't know what's in that area so they took it upon themselves they asked those people to vacate is their their report is, is they asked people to vacate they asked them multiple times. They didn't. They took it upon themselves to make sure every water bottle was empty, to destroy any bomb that they might find in there because they thought there might be explosives in that area. And the the citizens were not happy with that. They The person who set that up turned around and said, um, that's not the case. We were never told to move. And now it's a he said, she said. You know, for all you, you couldn't have been the one that was told to move. Somebody would have said that. And, you know, it was the same thing. Uh, the uh, protesters out in front of the White House and, and uh, when they were asked to move, when uh, President Trump went to the church, when they were asked to move supposedly three times over a loudspeaker. And now the people in the crowd are saying, well, we never heard that. Yeah. So then they popped tear gas. And, and that was directed by the attorney general to do that. You know, that. The president literally walked out the front door, which nobody thought worked, <laughs> to walk to a church. And this is a man who runs our country, whether you like him or not. He is in charge of our country right now. And the Secret Services and the Attorney General's job is to keep him safe. So they were doing with that. But these are the officers that are under attack. This is the same thing that happened a few years ago. These people don't know what's going to happen to them. They're, these officers are afraid. They're defending themselves. They see this threat as these water bottles that are sitting here. And now 
they think because they've been attacked by water bottles for the last three days, they need to take care of it. Well, I think a lot of it is ignorance. Um, first of all, there's always there's a slant on all these stories. So if you see that same story on six different news networks, every news different has yeah, different. Have every news station is different. Yeah. Um, and and I'm going to stop short of calling it ignorance as a as a negative thing. Like you're ignorant, stupid. Um, I, I think it's more of an ignorance of of you know how many people commenting on social media or even in the the mainstream media, how many of them have had to attend to a riot as a law enforcement officer before? I mean, the logistics and operational procedures of that situation are chaotic at best. You have limited information. Everybody is a threat at that point, especially when you have a violent protests going on. You know, there's bricks flying, there's glass breaking, there's fires being set. And you, you you deal the best way you can. You know, you're, you're putting normal men and women, law enforcement officers into a situation where they got to make these, these critical decisions that could affect their lives or the lives of citizens. So even if they drop the ball on something, you know, I look at the, the arrest of the CNN crew and everybody said that was, you know, oh, they, they arrested the CNN crew and then there was speculation because it was just because the reporter was black and I don't think that was it at all. And, you know, whatever the case was, apparently they were asked to move initially. They were willing to move. But at that point, the police just needed them out of there and they arrested them. Yeah. And then they were released like an hour later. Yeah. Like, and in the, we're, we're going to make a whole news story out of this. Like everything else that's going on, all the good the news could be covering that they're not covering. How much attention did Niagara Falls get? How much did the only reason why this stuff's getting attention is because of social media and the people that are are sick of the mainstream media crap that's being spread uh, on all constant negative stuff. People are like, we need to share some positivity. Here's Flint, Michigan. Here's Niagara Falls, New York. I'm going to share that what these officers did. And it, we're going to try to flood everybody's timeline with positivity and the, this good vibes that are coming out of these. And then the mainstream media just. Did you see uh, how they, they took over the white lives matter hashtag? No. Oh yeah. Yeah. All these, uh, all, all these uh, people who are, you know, anti-racist people basically started tweeting and just posting things that were positive on the, but they were doing it a white lives matter. Hashtag. Oh, really? So yeah. anybody who was looking for white lives matter stuff kept getting these things about how, you know, this, the, the, there was racism and stuff like Good. that. They basically just took it over. They started to blow it up. So you, you <laughs> I think that's great, but you know, it's like nope. cyber warfare. I, I, yeah, I, I think at this, at this point really, I don't know. I, I don't want to see anybody hurt. You know, I mean, I, 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 as a as a human, as a paramedic, as a father, I, I, I don't want to see people hurt. I don't want to see people's lives ruined. Do I agree with everybody? No, and I'm never going to agree with everybody. Um, I, I don't think violence is the answer, but I, I, I do. I, I absolutely support the the rights of people to protest when they perceive that there is injustice, and I would agree that in some cases there is injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would. Uh, I, I would really implore all of our emergency services people, especially EMS, because we are EMS based, that to just continue to be the professional people that you are. Continue to care for people. Be compassionate. Continue to watch your backs. Not well, not be in dangerous situations that, if you can be. That's that's the most important thing on this. And we've talked about safety. We've talked about professional. We talked about resiliency. This what's going on right now is all three. You need all three. Mm-hmm. Your head's got to be on a swivel. Situational awareness. People that are that are intent on violence are going to be violent. Um, we've said it before. If they want to attack you, they're going to attack you. Um, it, it it's crucial that with with every cover, all the coverage that's happening with this stuff, you have to remain professional. 
I there's there's the meme floating around of the back of the emails and back here it says all lives matter we don't see color and that's absolutely true you treat a patient how they deserve to be treated how they need to be treated yeah. doesn't matter about anything you don't get into this job to help people <clears throat> to help people and with the intent on I'm not going to treat these patients um, and then a while ago there was this do you remember this movie that came out of Rochester uh, do you remember this uh, the, a racist EMT do you remember this movie thing? Oh, yeah. And I think AMR had actually donated their ambulance without yeah. knowing what the movie was about. And yeah. Then they, then they pulled it because they didn't realize. I think they were real metro at the time. But okay. Yeah. It, it, like, and it's crazy. How, how, why is that a movie? You're not supposed to see, like, when you get into a job like this, whether it's EMS, nursing, firefighting, you don't see color. And we work with all kinds of different people. We work with all kinds of different religions. Everybody believes their own thing, but we all get along. And we're all here to make sure that the public is safe. It's public safety. We're all here to make sure that people get what they need. We're not here to harm people. And for people in our field to get harmed or to be prevented from helping somebody is just disgusting and terrible and should not be happening. I agree. But I would also say that I know that there are people in my field who are racist. And I know there are people in law enforcement who are racist. And I know there are people in the fire service who are racist. And I know there are people who serve burgers and doctors and nurses and farmers. And every career field has people who are who are racist for no for no better reason than just because that's maybe how they grew up. Um, and 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 because of that, you know, when you see it in your agency, when you see it with your partners, when you see it with the people you have to work with, um, I, I think you're you're forced to a, a moral decision. You, you do have a dilemma there. And, you know, silence speaks volumes, man. If you, if you don't say anything, if you don't stand up to injustice, if you don't correct somebody on something, or if you just simply say, hey, when you're working with me, that shit ain't going to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do what you want to do with somebody else, uh, you know, even if you decide not to report them to a supervisor or somebody, but you know, that's not happening while I'm here. Um, you know, it, we, if you denormalize the racism, if you denormalize the lack of compassion for another, you know, human being, I, I think it becomes more difficult for the people who have those beliefs to do them and justify them. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, if, if, if one of those cops standing around there with Derek Chauvin comes over and grabs him and says like, dude, he's down, let's get off him. Yep. This never goes anywhere. You know, maybe it's a, it's a clip on YouTube that's, you know, police brutality and people are angry about it, but he doesn't, the man doesn't die. Family doesn't mm-hmm. lose their, their father. And, uh, well, speaking of family, it's, I think it's more frustrating that everyone in his family has said, stop writing. This is not what he would have wanted. Yeah. You know, it's, I, God, that bothers me more than anything. Well, but that's it. You know, you look at it and say, what, what, what is going to come of this? You know, I've lost my loved one. What's going to come with this violence? Or are we going to just use this as an opportunity to get along and try, and try to figure shit out? And, you know, people make jokes about it now with Rodney King, but that's what he said, too, during, this, during the L.A. riots was, you know, can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's an absolute form of forgiveness, but that's a, hey, let's let's take a step back and not hurt more people. You know, let's let's not make this into a worse situation. Yeah, and it, it's, it's not like we're already all not dealing with enough crap in the world. Right. We're in the middle of a pandemic, which magically has gotten no airtime or little to no airtime and it has been you know relegated to watch a governor's speech on social media because that's the only place you're going to get it right now you know and we if anything more than now we need and we've been saying it 
resiliency now more than ever where everybody needs to come together and, and find that common place and just calm down for two seconds. <laughs> I think if everybody stopped, took a breath and there wasn't, you know, a, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist with some of the stuff, but I like, know you are, <laughs> dude, I, I get absorbed in that stuff sometimes, but like if you just stop, take a deep breath and, and just love one another, hug your kids, hug your family members, hug your partners, hug whoever you can do it with a mask, but you're not supposed to hug anybody right now. You know, <clears throat> yeah. That's the, I really think that's what people need is a hug. Well, yeah. And I, I think ultimately it's stand up for what you believe in mm-hmm. stand up for right. Except when you're wrong, listen to other people's opinions. Even if you don't agree, just listen. You know, listen to people have to say, um, and and try to present yourself in your career field as as professional and understanding and compassionate because that's what we're based off of. That's what EMS is supposed to be. Yeah, Sean, those those are beautiful final words. And thank you. Oh, my guy. EMS Wise Guys are John J.D. DeVirgilio and Sean P. Hulsman. The podcast is recorded and produced in the Speakeasy Studios, Amherst, New York. All opinions and ideas presented are the opinions and ideas of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the hosts or guest employers. Theme music for the podcast provided by Scott Holmes. If you have feedback, praise, questions, complaints, or death threats, please contact us at podcast at emswiseguys.com. Thank you for listening and be safe out there.